0: Psalm 91, if you have your Bible, God's great, isn't He? Amen. What a great song. What a great job in presenting it. Psalm 91 this morning. I'm glad that God was great and that He's still great. I'm glad that one day uh, those clouds are going to be rolled back and uh, we'll get to see our great God face to face one day. And uh, what a day that's going to be. Psalm 91 this morning. Verse number 1 is where we'll begin. I believe this morning that the average Christian and that including myself, unfortunately many of the time, takes for granted the relationship that we have with the Lord. I think one of the things we probably discussed this week as we gathered with family, or maybe we didn't gather with family, but we talked about the things that we take for granted. And we talked about life that we take for granted. And we talk about relationships and friendships and Blessings and luxuries and and different things of that nature and and how we take all of that for granted. But I believe above everything else, the greatest thing that we have today is the fact that we have a relationship with Almighty God. And many times we take that for granted and what we have done is we have replaced our relationship with just religion. And don't misunderstand me please, I, I don't think that religion is bad. I don't think that we should quit religion. I don't think that we need to get rid of religion. But in no way at all was religion ever meant to take the place of a relationship that God has given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Religion, in the minds of most people anyways, is when we begin to focus on the do's and the don'ts and the the rituals and the the ceremonies and the traditions and the trends and, and things of that nature. And we put all of our focus on that, in that alone but this morning I would just like to encourage you to do this take your relationship further than where it is now don't don't settle with the relationship that you have with God and don't be okay with your relationship really just being religion but let it be more than that and go further than that let our relationship be more than just Sunday morning church with the Lord let our relationship with the Lord be more than just religious talk and more than just a few youth events every now and then. But if you were to strip away everything, and you were to strip away church, and you were to strip away youth activities, and you were to strip away all of the religious activities that we do on the outside, it would beg the question, would there be anything left of our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you took all of that away, what would remain from your relationship with the Lord? And this morning, if all that there is to our relationship is Sunday morning church and a few religious activities, I would submit to you that we are missing out on one of the greatest things that there is to have. And that is a personal, a very personal, a very intimate, close relationship with Jesus Christ. And in Psalm 91... There is the thought that is portrayed. There is a picture that is given. It is not of a building. It is not of a geographical location that you will ever find on the map somewhere. But it says in verse number 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. This morning for just a few moments I want to preach to you on this thought. And that is the secret place of the Most High. Dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Now in no way should our walk with the Lord ever be kept in secret. It should, be, it should be nothing that we keep in secret, that we hide from others, but there are parts to the relationship that we have with the Lord that are only in secret. That, that Everybody may know that I'm a Christian. Everybody can tell, hopefully, that I believe in Jesus, but there are parts of my relationship with the Lord that nobody else ever knows about. You don't see, you don't hear about them, you don't know about them, because they are done in A secret place. It is a place that is not in the public eye. It is a place that is not for attention. But it is a place of closeness. And it is a place of intimacy that we can have with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is what He wants us to have with Him. And here in Psalm 91 verse number 1. The writer begins. He said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. "...shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shall thou trust." even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh to thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because He has set His love upon me, therefore will I deliver Him. I will set Him on high, because He hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer Him. I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver Him and honor Him. And with long life will I satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Let me just give you two thoughts this morning and I'll be done. I want you to consider the picture of the dwelling of dwelling in the secret place. It's important to note as we read this that the psalmist is writing In a poetical way. And the psalmist is using uh, pictures to describe what he's talking about. And he's sharing expectation and expression of of thought that that he has from the Lord. And when we read these verses, uh, it's important to note that we cannot take everything that the psalmist says as an absolute promise that is given. Because as we read this, let me just give this as way of clarification before we go any further. It talks about never getting sick. And it talks about not being ill. And it talks about these things never coming on you. And we know through history and we know from other places in the Bible that good godly people have gotten sick and died, haven't they? good godly people have caught disease and have suffered under the, the, the hands of evil men and they've suffered uh, under the sickness that is in this world today, but know this, there has never been a child of God that has ever been sick without God allowing that child of God to get sick, alright? There's never been a disease, there's never been an attack, there's never been a danger that a child of God has ever experienced in this life without it first going by the throne of God and Him allowing that to take place. And here, what the psalmist is alluding to is that the protection of God is greater than the threats of the enemy. And He gives to us in this passage of Scripture great pictures of dwelling in the secret place. So the first thing that we see is that it is pictured as a place of nearness. He said when you're in the secret place that you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I like the way that the psalmist describes God. To begin with he emphasizes the sovereignty and the authority of God when he says He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. He is the Most High. He is sovereign and He has authority over all things. But then he says that He will dwell or He will abide rather under the shadow of the Almighty. He is the Most powerful. He is the Almighty. He is the one with all strength. And for the child of God that dwells in the secret place, here is the byproduct of that. You shall Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When we get in the secret place, it's not my job to get under the shadow. It's my job to get in the secret place. And when I get in the secret place, the byproduct of being in the secret place is that I get pulled to a place of nearness under the shadow of the Almighty God. And if you've ever walked in a parking lot and you were walking with your parents, and you were a little kid, and there your dad's shadow was cast across that parking lot, if you were going to get under his shadow, the only way for you to do that was to get as near to Him as you possibly can. And the only way for me to abide under the shadow of the Almighty is for God to pull me as near to Him as I can possibly be. And when we consider this secret place, it is pictured as a place of nearness. And if there is anything that we need in this world today as a believer, it is we need to be near to the Almighty. We need to be as close to Him as we can possibly get. And I'm thankful for those days that when it felt like the heat of life, was just going to scorch me, and there was nothing else that I had to offer, and I could not escape all of the problems of the world that the Lord just reached over, and He pulled me under His shadow, and He kept me from that blazing heat of life, and He provided to me a place of safety, and a place of shelter, and it was all near to Him. It is a place of nearness in the secret place, but notice the second picture. It is pictured as a place of protection. He said that he's going to deliver us from the snare of the fowler. He talks about from the pestilence and and covering us with his feathers and, and hiding us under his wings. And here's what the psalmist wants the reader to know is that when you get under, or excuse me, when you get in the secret place of the most high, that you are entering into a place of protection where the Lord himself where the Lord Himself is going to cover you and protect you and guard you from the things that will come in life. You say, as I mentioned a minute ago, well, preacher, I know plenty of Christians that have had to succumb to to the attacks and to the threats and to the sicknesses of this world. Yes, that has happened, but can I say, there have been many times in my life, and in your life, where the devil was doing everything that he could to destroy us, but the Almighty was protecting us, and delivering us, and keeping us from those things. And we ought to live with full expectation that the Almighty is perfectly capable of protecting and guarding His children from any of the snares and attacks that the enemy would like to bring. I like the picture that He paints, He says that He covers us with His feathers, and that He puts us under His wings, and that His truth is our shield and our buckler. I would submit to you that there is no greater protection on planet earth than what God can give to you and I this morning. And He offers that to us. He says, listen, everything that will come at you, whether physical, spiritual, or emotional, I will will deliver you. I will cover you. And I will protect you in that way. We find this picture of protection not in the world. Not out there in life. Not in the church house. But in the secret place of the Most High. It is there that we find this nearness. It is there that we find this protection. But notice also... It is pictured as a place of peace. In verse number 5 through verse number 8, He makes this statement to start verse number 5, Thou shall not be afraid. You, you you shall not be. When you get in the secret place and you get under the shadow of the Almighty, then you no longer have to live in fear. And He gives us these scenarios. He says there will be terror by night and there will be arrows by the day. There will be pestilence by night. He said there will be destruction at day. There will be a thousand people that die at your left side and ten thousand people that die at your right side. But you will not be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. Aren't you glad that when you got in the secret place and when you spend time with the Lord like you ought to spend time with the Lord, that God has the ability to take the natural fear of man and replace it with a supernatural peace of God in your life so we don't have to live in the bondage of fear anymore, but we can live with a peace that passes on. All understanding. I think about this picture. And here it comes. Here is terror at night. And arrows are flying over. And I just get in my head a a war zone that that is painted. And it is just tragedy after tragedy. And you're walking and a thousand people die over here. And and ten thousand people die over here. But the child of God marches on. And the child of God presses on. And the child of God with all of the calamities and tragedies and adversities that he sees going on in his life, he doesn't quit and he doesn't give up and he doesn't lay down and he doesn't become afraid, but he continues to march right through the middle of all of it and we say, how is that possible? Because God has placed a peace that man does not have on his own within his heart and because of that we can continue to press on because we don't have to live in fear. The Lord did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if you this morning, if you are crippled by a spirit of fear, just know that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but instead He has delivered us from that. And He has given us this place of peace. We can look back through the Scriptures and we might look at different stories that we are familiar with. And we would ask how How would David have such faith to go up against a man like Goliath? How would David have such faith to say, I don't want that armor. I don't want the sword. I don't want any of those things. But to take a sling and to take those stones and to march down in that valley and to stand up against a man that was much taller, that was much stronger, and that was much more capable than him. How did he have that courage? He had that courage because David knew what it meant to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We say, how did Daniel go up to that room and open up those windows and get down on his knees and his hands and pray to God and be cast into the den of lions and have no fear it was because Daniel knew what it meant to dwell in the secret place of the Most High we read about those three Hebrew boys that refused to kneel down and worship King Nebuchadnezzar and they knew that the fiery furnace awaited them how did they have such faith how did they know how did they have the ability to stand so strong for the Lord they knew about the secret secret place of the Most High God. And in the most terrible and dreadful moments of their life, they had a peace that passed all understanding because they were abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And they were dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And God replaced the natural fear of man with the supernatural peace of God that gave them the courage to do whatever it was that God had called them to do. This place is pictured as a place of nearness as a place of protection, as a place of peace. But notice also, it's pictured as a place of victory. I like in verse number 10, when he talks about no evil befalling thee, any plague coming nigh. And then we read this, and we're familiar with this, from Matthew chapter 4, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And remember when Jesus was out there, and the devil came to tempt Him, and said, listen, if you'll jump from here, you remember the Word says, that the angels will swoop down, and they'll keep thee. You know, when He he quoted that, He misquoted that. And can I just say one thing that the devil is always going to do, is he's going to take a little bit of truth, and he's going to twist a little bit of truth, and he's going to pervert the truth, and he's going to try to cause doubt to the truth and try to destroy the truth in that way but can I say that Jesus did not use Jesus did not use this psalm as an excuse to give in to the devil and do those things the devil said doesn't the word say that if you're going to jump off of here that the angels would swoop down and pick you up Jesus knew that this psalm was not for him to be able to do whatever he wanted to do, but it was one uh, of protection and it was one of victory to know that no matter what happens and no matter what man may come, that the Lord is going to take care of me. Here, consider the, the setting. There Jesus is and the devil says, jump off and the angels will swoop down and get you. Jesus knew that there was more meaning to that than what the devil intended to say there. Because after the temptation and Jesus left the temptation who came and ministered to the Lord angels came and ministered to the Lord didn't they they came and ministered to him the devil wanted him to think that if you jump the angels are going to swoop down and they'll they'll pick you up and what a wonderful thing that that will be and I'll say that they could have done that and that would have been an amazing thing but it is just as amazing that in the secret place when the Lord wasn't being tempted by the devil that the angel still showed up ministered to him, didn't they? The promise of this Scripture was still fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Even when the devil tried to distort it and pervert it, it was still accomplished in that way. But it gives us this picture of victory, that even when the enemy comes, God's greater than the enemy. And even when the enemy tries to do something, know this, that God can get you through that. Look at what he says there in verse number 13. Not only does He give this picture of victory with the angels bearing you up and and, and providing and delivering you, but look at what He says, You'll tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, the dragon shall thou trample under feet. You see, He doesn't just paint a picture, you barely made it through. He paints a picture of great victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad this morning that when I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, that I experience the great victories that only God can give. Come serpent, come lion, come come cobra, come serpent, whatever it may be that he's, he's talking about here in these different texts, these different animals, great animals of, uh, of fierceness, uh, great animals that have the ability to destroy. And he says, as an individual, here's what you can do. You're going to trample over those things and you're going to have great victory over those things. Know this, the enemy wants to destroy you and I. And the only place that will ever find victory It is not in our great strength that we have it is not in all of our abilities or our personality but the only place that the child of god is ever going to find victory is when we dwell in the secret place of the most high and god gives us victory and god brings us through those moments it is our responsibility to dwell in this secret place it is pictured as a place of victory it is also pictured as a place of comfort look at what he says in verse number 14 here the psalmist is not talking to the individuals about god but instead The speaker changes and now it is God talking to the listener. And He says, Because He has set His love upon me, therefore will I deliver Him I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. It is is pictured as this place of great comfort and the Lord begins to talk and the Lord says, here it is, he's going to be beaten down by the world. The world's going to constantly be trying to tear him down. He said, but I'll lift him up. Aren't you glad that when the world throws everything at you to try to destroy you and tear you down and leave you with with pieces shattered about that God has the ability to lift us up and that God has the ability to bring us up out of the ashes, to bring us up out of the mess and to lift us up on high to give us a new song to sing and deliver us from those things. He said, listen, this is a place of comfort. Because when you get there to that place, and you get there, and you're broken, and your life is falling apart, and you don't know what to do, when you get in the secret place, here's what you have. You have a promise that God said, I'm going to bring you out of it. And when you call on me, I like what He says, I'll hear Him. You can call on me, and I will hear you. I'm, I'm amazed when I think about that I can get in the secret place in my little study at my house on a little dirt road located off of Lake Thompson Road and I can find myself in that secret place and I can begin to cry out to God and from the throne room of heaven the almighty hears what I have to say he hears my prayers and he hears my concern and he hears my cries and he knows all of those things that's going on I don't get that in the world I don't get that everywhere else but when I get in the secret place, I find a place of comfort because the Almighty is leaning down His ear and He's listening to what I have to say although I deserve not one bit of His time whatsoever. He hears me. I think about the psalmist that said in Psalm 40 that He is a very present help in time of trouble. And that's what the God is saying here in verse number 15. Look at this. I will be with Him in trouble. I'm going to hear him, I'm going to lift him up, and in the middle of all of that, I'm going to be with him in the very middle of the trouble that he's going through. He said, Preacher, nobody knows about what the trouble I have. And there are many people that I have, just through observation, have noticed in talking with different people, that you know how a lot of, a lot of people feel this way, that everybody has forgotten that I'm broken. People will go through something, and Brother Bobby, when something happens, what do we do? Somebody loses a loved one, and for a week, what do we do? We care about you. We pray for you. We, we want to help you. We want to do all of those things. But you know what happens to the rest of us? Life goes on, doesn't it? Somebody's life falls apart and, and somebody comes down with sickness and we're, we're all saying, let's do something for them and let's help them. Well then, we all go back to life and they continue to live with that brokenness. And the way that we feel is everybody has forgotten that I'm broken everybody has forgotten that I still hurt about the things that I went through. And everybody forgot that I'm not over that pain that I felt. Just because I come to church and I put a smile on, and I try to live right and I try to act right, everybody looks and says well, well Miss Betty, you're doing really strong and you must got gotten over that and I'm so happy. But on the inside you're saying I hadn't got over that yet. And I still hurt about that. And it still breaks me sometimes. And it feels like everybody else has forgotten about it. I would submit to you this morning that while everybody else may have forgotten about you God hadn't forgot about you and God said I'll be with him in trouble I may leave you and I may neglect you and I may do a poor job of what I ought to do but God has never failed one time to be there with his people when we get in the secret place of the most high God says listen The world may forget you, but I'll never forget you. And the world may abandon you. And your friends and your family may dismiss your hurt, but God has never dismissed your hurt. And He will be there with you in the time of trouble. That secret place is pictured as a place of comfort that you and I can get. It's a place where we can rest with the Lord and we can find what we need. But not only is it pictured as a place of comfort, It's a place of satisfaction and it's a place of hope. Look at what he says, with long life will I satisfy him. They say, well, not everybody lives a long life, but notice this. It was God that satisfied him. It was just long life that was the tool that he used to satisfy him. He said, with long life will I satisfy him. God's going to do the satisfying. And can I say that when you and I get in the secret place of the Most High, we find what true satisfaction is. Everybody is out in this world today chasing something that's going to satisfy them to some extent. If I can just get this, it'll make me happy. If I can just get this, boy, this would do something and I'd be the person that I need to be. If my situation would turn around and be like this, I'll be satisfied. Can I say that every piece in your life could line up the way that you want it to, but if you can't be satisfied with God over here, you won't be satisfied with God over there. But it's Him that satisfies us. And when we find the secret place of the Most High, Whether we got a lot or a little, whether we got problems or whether we're on the mountaintop, we'll find satisfaction because we're in the secret place of the Most High. And He says, when they get there, here's what I'm going to do He said, I'm going to show Him my salvation. You know what happens when we get to the secret place of the Most High? When we find that place, here's what happens God begins to stir us up, doesn't He? And we get in that time with the Lord, He begins to stir us up of the hope that we have and the joy that we have, the salvation that we have, that I am saved, but one day I'm gonna be delivered. All right? One day I'm gonna be one day I'm gonna be saved from everything that's going on in this life as well. And I'm gonna go be with the Lord. But it's in that secret place that God shows us. That's salvation. The question then is this, and we'll close. How do I get to the secret place? It's a wonderful thing to talk about. It's a wonderful picture that is described. But what is the secret place? Where is that at? Can I say the secret place is not the pew? The secret place is not the pulpit. The secret place is not the fellowship hall. There's not one location on Google Maps that you'll be able to say that's the secret place and if I can just get there. Here's the amazing thing about the secret place. It can be at the altar. It can be down by the creek. It can be standing in the kitchen doing dishes. It can be in the living room in the middle of the floor. It can be in your bed late at night or on your couch. It can be anywhere that you are Because through Jesus Christ, God can be met anywhere that we might be. The secret place is not a place that we go where religion is carried out. The secret place is that place where nobody else knows about. Nobody else sees us. Nobody else sees how religious we are. Nobody else hears how fancy our words are. But it's just us and the Lord. Jesus talked about it. He said, when you pray, He said, you enter into the closet, and when you shut thy door, He said, you pray to thy Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. It's interesting that that entire sermon and that part of it anyway, Jesus said, when you give, give in secret. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand do. When you pray, pray in secret, and the Lord will reward thee openly. He said, when you fast, Wash your face so everybody doesn't know that you've been fasting. What the Lord was saying is, it's not about everybody else seeing how religious you are. It's about me and you. It's about a relationship. It's about getting away from all of these other things and spending time with me. And the Lord set that example as He would depart into a mountain and He would pray and He would see the multitude. And instead of going to the multitude, He went the opposite way so that He could be alone with His Father and He could get in the secret place of the Most High. And if the Lord Jesus thought it necessary to depart and be alone, how much more necessary is it for you and I to find the secret place of the Most High and get in there? You say, well, how do we do that? How how do we get there? First of all, you forget about everything else that's going on. And you find that closet wherever it may be. And you get there with the Lord. And you get honest and you get open and you pour out your heart. And here's some of the things that the psalmist said in that division that we read. Number one, make Him your habitation. You want to know how this happened? He said, because you have made God your habitation. You have made God your source of life. You have decided that my life is going to be built and based and founded on the Lord Himself and that He will be my everything. He will be the source of life for me. You see, God needs to be more than a vacation spot. He needs to be more than an emergency room. But He needs to be the very place that we live our life." and that we get our life from. We need to make Him our habitation. He said there in verse number 1, not he that comes to the secret place, but he that dwells there. He who has settled down, planted roots, and said, I'm going to remain here. You see, a lot of Christians, here's what we do. We say, you know what? I need prayer. I'm going to go to the secret place. A lot of Christians say, my life is falling apart. I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to do that. A lot of Christians say, well, it's Sunday. I'm going to go to church on Sunday and I'm going to do that. And we miss out on that secret place because the secret place, I say you don't get in the secret place when you walk through church at 11 o'clock and hope that your mind gets right. You don't do it that way. You don't get there because the preacher gets up and preaches some fantastic messages that just really moves you and you get to the secret place. You get to the secret place when you find it at your home and you find it away from everybody else and God may use this time but, but please understand this. This is not the secret place of the Most High. This is a wonderful place and it's a wonderful place to be but if you're trying to live Your life as a Christian, based off of what you get here, you'll never be who God wants you to be. Because you can only get what you need all the time, every day, throughout the day, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We get there by making Him our habitation. In verse number 12, verse 14, we read Amingo, He said, they have set their love upon me. They have set their love upon me. Can I say this morning, if you're going to dwell in the secret place, you're going to say, God, you're my life. As Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And life is Jesus and Jesus is life. And then we set our love upon Him and we choose above everything else. I'm going to love God with all that I have. I'm not going to love Him because of a feeling I got, but I'm going to love Him because He first loved me. And I'm going to choose to love Him. And I'm going to put my love upon Him. And then he says this in verse number 15. He said, He hath known my name. He hath known my name. Can I say that when the Lord was talking about that person, He wasn't talking about an acquaintance? All right, He wasn't talking about somebody that came through and passing every now and then. He was talking about somebody that had a relationship with Him. And if you want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, then you've got to say, "God, You're my life." God, I love You with all that I have. Put Your love upon Him, and you have got to determine in your heart, "I'm gonna to get to know My Savior today. I'm gonna to get. To, I'm gonna know Him more more than just more than just the stories, more than just the sermon." but I'm going to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to grow. I'm going to go deeper in my relationship with the Lord. And here's what you'll find and I'll be done. When you begin to know more about the Lord, you you know what you'll want? You'll want to know more about the Lord. And when you learn a little bit more, you're going to say, man, that was good. I want more of that. You're going to get in that secret place. And if you'll get there and you'll abide there, it may not feel good right away. It may not solve all your problems. But I think many Christians in this room would testify that when they dwelled in the secret place of the Most High, they said, Well, I don't want to leave that place. I want to stay right there. Here's what the devil's going to do when you leave here today. The devil's going to do everything he can to get you out of the secret place of the Most High. And he's going to do everything he can to destroy you and to pull you away from the Lord. But here's the wonderful thing. God, if you've been pulled away, God's saying, listen, you are invited to come back and you're invited to come back to the secret place. Get in that relationship. Build that relationship. And just know this. God will never ever force you to dwell in the secret place but what a wonderful thing it is that he invites us to do that every single day of our life let's not take for granted the greatest thing we have in this life and that is our relationship with the lord jesus christ would you stand with me heavenly father thank you for the day your blessings lord you know us this morning you know our hearts you know where we're at you know each every person here lord and i don't but lord i pray that you would deal with their hearts in whatever way that you see fit or that you would deal with my heart this morning And Father, that you would help us to see the importance, Lord, of not just Sunday church, Lord, not just youth activities and religious events, Lord, and and while they all have their place, but Lord, that you would help us to see the greatest place for us to be is to dwell in the secret place of the Most High, under your shadow, Father. That's where we need to be. Help us to determine and to commit in our heart to live, to dwell there, and make you our habitation. We love you, Lord. We pray all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing.